The following message is a presentation from Grace Baptist Church in Kettering, Ohio. Well, we come to this, pa- this last passage of Scripture, and we, we find John uh, contrasting in front of Gaius, contrasting two characters. And the first one that we, that we dealt with last week was this guy ma- named Diotrephes. Diotrephes was, a, uh, was, as we have termed, a church bully. Uh, he, was, he was up to no good. Uh, when folks that were preaching the gospel would come into the church there that Gaius was a part of, uh, Diotrephes would run them off. If uh, you were to invite the, the, get, the, uh, the traveling preacher into your home or uh, someone that Diotrephes didn't like, Diotrephes would run you off. He was just a bully. He, was, uh, he, he wanted the preeminence. As we've mentioned several times, that word preeminence comes up twice in the New Testament. One, when it talks about Jesus Christ, who is preeminent in the church, and this time where Diotrephes desired, he lusted after the preeminence. And none of us want to be in that position. Uh, None of us deserve the preeminence. Jesus Christ alone deserves the preeminence in the church. And so anytime that pride begins to be a part of our lives and we begin to live that way, we we might not go to the extreme of a Diotrephes, but it really does uh, lessen our impact and really begins to take the place of the Lord Jesus Christ in the, in the church. And so it's a very, very dangerous thing. So we have this situation where Gaius has this huge heart for hospitality. His heart is open to people. Uh, his home is open to people. And whether they are people right there in, in his church, he's, he's inviting them in, or they're traveling preachers or traveling believers, he's inviting them in. His heart and his home is very open. And the thing that John wanted to get across to him, uh, a, a, a kind of a twofold message, was one, to alert him about Diotrephes because he's sending over Second John to deal with it, with, you know, deal with some of the issues uh, in the church about walking in truth and love in Second John, but knew full well that Diotrephes was causing all sorts of trouble, sends this letter in for Gaius to, to, to have a full understanding, hey, this guy, this guy Diotrephes is really causing trouble in the church, you need to be aware of it. And uh, uh, as he was alerting uh, Gaius of this, he was also helping, he was also helping Gaius to understand that your, tr- uh, your, your desire to love, your desire to be hospitable, always needs to be balanced out and governed by truth. And that's still the same today for us, that our love always has to be governed by truth. Uh, and, and God is a God of both truth and love, but they're in balance. And when we follow him, he will always lead us to have a balance. The Holy Spirit will always lead us to balance out in both love and truth. And so Gaius was having to learn that. That's, that's one of the big messages of this book. So he's coming to the end after he's just warned him about, about Diotrephes and saying, listen, don't, you don't want this type of, uh, you don't want this in the church. Uh, you don't want to promote this. You don't want to be soft on this. This is, this is really a problem. Uh, follow after that which is good. Imitate that which is good. Don't, don't follow after that which is wrong. Uh, don't uh, let your confidence be shaken by a diatrophies in your midst who's naysaying and causing all sorts of trouble. You stand by the truth, and you keep living out on, on the right path. And so that's, that's what's going on. And so as he comes to the end of this warning, he says, now, I want to let you know there is a, a man that I'm sending along. Many people believe that Demetrius was the, the message carrier of this letter, perhaps the, the uh, uh, second John as well, but many believe it's, uh, he was the message carrier and as well bringing along some others with him. We'll get to that in a moment. But as he comes, John's saying, listen, I want you to know Demetrius is a totally different guy. 
He's not like a, a Diotrephes. He is a totally different guy. In fact, let's look at that. And, he, and he, he portrays to Gaius this worthwhile opportunity. Here's a guy that you can show all sorts of hospitality to. You can trust uh, that he's going to be on doing the right thing. This is a good guy. And so notice this worthwhile opportunity that Gaius has to house and to encourage and to listen and to uh, have company with this man, Demetrius. And when you look at 3 John in verse number 8, he says to Gaius, John says to Gaius, hey, these are the type of people we ought to receive such, those that are aligning themselves with truth, you ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to truth. And just understand, Gaius, by helping out a Demetrius, by taking this opportunity to show hospitality, help him on his way, was going to be a fellow helper to the truth. You don't want to be like a Diotrephes. You don't want to allow this to be going on in the church. You don't want to have your confidence shaken by Diotrephes. But notice this guy, Demetrius, Love him, care for him. And so Demetrius should be received. Demetrius should be received. This is in contrast to Diotrephes. A stark contrast. Diotrephes wanted the preeminence. Demetrius was coming along as a man who stood for the truth, was well reported of. Look at there in verse number 12. It says, Demetrius hath a good report of all men. It wasn't just a few men, but of all men. And we'll see that in a moment. It seems that Demetrius was leading a group of strangers, as it says back in verse number 5, likely a missionary journey that was coming through the area, uh, stopping off there at Gaius' church to deliver, deliver this letter and perhaps even minister there. And so verse number 7 says, Because that for his name, Christ's name's sake, they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. These are the type of people, Gaius, that you want to you want to show hospitality towards and help. Now notice something, that Gaius, was, uh, Gaius did not know this man Demetrius. Uh, as we look in verse number 12, uh, John was having to say, give him all sorts of reports about this guy's character, about who he was, and we'll see that in a moment, but Gaius didn't know him. So he had some words for Gaius, John had some words for Gaius to help him uh, gain some trust towards this man, Demetrius, and he could be trusted. Verse number 12, he says he has a good report, notice he, of, and of all the truth itself. Not just a good report of the believers, but a good report um, by the truth. He is verified by the truth. And I want you to notice there's a threefold recommendation that goes on here with John giving a recommendation to Gaius for this man, Demetrius, that he hasn't met before. He has the testimony of believers. Gaius, I want you to know that this man, Demetrius, that's bringing this letter along, this man that, that uh, it has some spiritual leadership and it has the, the ability to communicate truth, I want you to know he has, has a testimony of all, among all the other believers. He is a good man. Now this idea of a good report is to be uh, testified of in an approving sort of way, to become affirmed favorably by firsthand experience. So he is saying, hey, there's believers that have lived with him, that have worshipped with him, and they, they give great testimony of this man, Demetrius. He's a blessing. He's the real deal. He lives out his faith. We see in 3 John, verse number 3, For I greatly rejoice when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, Gaius, even as thou walkest in truth. The same thing that brothers and sisters in Christ told John about Gaius is what John is telling Gaius about this man Demetrius. Hey, he walks in truth. He lives out the Christian life. And it's evident uh, and, and it's, it's verified by many other believers. Hebrews 11 and verse number 2. The Bible talks about 
Uh, faith that it is the substance of things hoped for, uh, hope for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse number two, for by it, faith, the elders obtained a good report. You have to believe that a man, Demetrius, had a good report because of a life of faith, a life of following after God, a life of loving God, a life of faithfulness. Pastors are to have this, this good report that is said of Demetrius in the community. They have a good uh, report, 1 Timothy 3 and verse number 7. Moreover, he must have a good report of them that are without. So this good report is something that, that Demetrius was coming to Gaius with. He had a good report. Now notice, there was this, this report from the believers, but also from the alignment that he had with truth. Demetrius had aligned his life with truth. It says there, and of the truth itself. Literally, the truth. If the truth could talk, it would approve Demetrius. His life was in sync with the truth. His life was in balance with the truth is the idea. And really this is the most important factor. That our lives would be in balance with the truth and that we would associate ourselves with those that have their lives in balance with the truth. The best verse that I can, I can think that encapsulates this is Philippians 1 and verse number 27 where it says that our conversation needs to be as it becometh the gospel. It needs to be worthy of the gospel. It needs to become, it needs to adorn the gospel. That was uh, Demetrius. He had a life that was testified by the truth to be good and, and verified as one that was consistent with truth. And so he had these, these two things going. Uh, John is saying, listen, I want you to know he's known of the brethren and he's verified by the truth, but notice he says, and he's, he's recommended by me. Yea, we also bear record, and you know our record's true. We bear witness. We, I as an apostle, have seen Demetrius firsthand. This is a powerful thing. You know, they don't have phones where they can call up and, you know, say, hey, listen, uh, take this brother in. Uh, he's going to be good for the church. Uh, spend time with him. He's going to be good for your soul. He's writing it down in the letter, something that we, we could so easily just text away and say, listen, this is a Christian that you really ought to enjoy some um, company with. John is writing in letter, the letter that most likely Demetrius is delivering. Listen, you want to spend some time with this guy. Uh, there's a threefold recommendation. This man is the real deal. What a powerful affirmation of his character. Paul did this in sending uh, letters and sending uh, recommendations. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse number 16. He recommends Titus. Uh, so this was a common thing to give a recommendation. But it also tells me that as we consider our company and as we consider those that we interact with and uh, those that we, uh, 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 that we spend time with spiritually, that it does require discernment, and it does require us to be mindful, uh, are these folks living a life that has a good testimony, among other believers, that is in balance with the truth? Are, are, these, folks, are these folks people that are going to strengthen me and sharpen uh, iron, uh, as the Proverbs says, uh, iron sharpening iron? We must be discerning. And John is giving Gaius this opportunity by saying, listen, this guy is a good individual. You need to spend some time with him and uh, welcome him into your home and, and, uh, and be a fellow helper to the truth. Now, notice in verse number 13, John says something that pastors uh, perhaps could uh, say in a message. I have many things to write unto you. <laughs> I, I had much more to say. Uh, he was a, a, a spiritual leader who had a lot on his heart for this man Gaius and for that church. 
Uh, he has written these letters to them to, to deal with a specific issue. But he says, I have, I have many more things to say, and I want you to notice this burdened apostle. Is he, he does have a burden on his heart. I have a lot of things to say to you, and really it's a pastoral burden that he, that he had towards Gaius. Now, he didn't just dump it all on him. But he did have more things to say to him, and I, I want you to just think about the fact that he said many. I have a lot of things to say to you. Not in a, and not in a negative way. I, I, just, I have a burden for you. I have a, a vision for you. I have some desires and some things that I want to communicate. And I just think about the, 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 the load or the, or the burden of heart that is oftentimes on a spiritual leader. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, 17, that a, a spiritual leader, a pastor, watches for the soul of those that, that God has given to shepherd. They watch. It's, a, it's a, a consuming burden. Perhaps John had this towards Gaius. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 28. Paul said that besides those things that are, that are without, the, the persecutions that are without, and the problems that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And Paul describes the, the sense, and he had, he had many that he was burdened about, many church plants, many different places around Asia Minor that he was burdened about. He says, this is a burden to my heart. Not necessarily a, a, a negative or, or bad way. He's just saying, this is, this is something that's on my heart. And I can just understand, as John says, I had many things to write unto you. I'm sure Gaius heard these words and was thankful that John had a burden and desire for him. What a blessed relationship. What a, uh, what, what a good example of what a relationship ought to be between a spiritual leader and, and those that, that are being led. And so Gaius heard this. I have many things to write unto you. Now, now sometimes if, you were, if you're living in a, in, in a way that is contrary to Scripture, perhaps that word wouldn't in, in, in some ways be a, a reassuring thing. But if you're living in a way that, that pleases God and we're being transparent, well, I can just imagine this, this was an encouragement to him. But notice he says this, But I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, but I trust to, um, that I shall see thee shortly. And uh, we touched on this in Second John, but again I marvel at John's ability to not just unload the truck, but to wait for the right opportunity to talk. And this is something I, I just want to hit, hit again, and I, I think it's really helpful for us because we live in an instant, instant communication age, don't we? We really do. And we, we send first and think about it later sometimes, right? Have you ever sent something and then like, oops? I mean, we're so fast in sending stuff. Have you ever sent something to the wrong person? Yeah, like, yeah, like embarrassingly so? Yeah, and, and we, we live in that type of age where we, we communicate so very quickly. But John was willing here to wait for the right time, the right place, and the right means, the right, the right, the right placement, the right means, uh, and that being face-to-face. -face. He was willing to wait. And I want us to catch this, that sometimes... The time, the place, and the means of a spiritual discussion is as important as the spiritual discussion itself. Have you ever tried to have a spiritual discussion with somebody uh, in, in, in a kind of an awkward time or a rushed time and realized that it ended up doing more damage than it, than it helped? Yeah. And so I just marvel at John, and it's tucked in here in, this, in the second to last verse, but I marvel at the fact that John says, you know what, there are some things I'm just going to say until I see you face to face. And I believe that's something that we can tag away in the back of our minds. There are times where we need to wait and speak about it face to face. 
where facial uh, expression can be seen, where the tone of our voice can be heard, where, where is in a, a text or an email, something might come across kind of harsh or, or gruff. But in that moment, boy, it can, just, it can be such a blessing, and, and it can be a help. Now, where did John get that from? John was a good student. John, I, I believe, watched the Lord Jesus and how he dealt with his disciples. And we find in John 16, and verse number 12, Jesus told his disciples, this has always caught my attention. He says this, I have yet many things to, write, uh, to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. You need to think about that. Jesus actually told his disciples, I have a lot more things I want to teach you, but you can't handle it right now. It's not the right time. Aren't you thankful that Jesus doesn't overload you? Aren't you thankful that Jesus, the moment you got saved, did not say, and this is all the things you need to change? Aren't you thankful for that? Would that not have overwhelmed you if Jesus showed you everything? Even now as a, maybe a believer that you've been saved for a little while, if Jesus showed you everything he wants to do in your life in the next year, would it not kind of scare you? Yeah, and Jesus takes time with us. He's patient. And so I see here that John learned sensitivity from our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I, as God's people, can learn sensitivity in the same way. With our family, you know, it might come into the, the holiday season where you're around some of your family and there is something that needs to be said, but you might have to debate where is the right time, the right place, and the right avenue in which to say this. The Holy Spirit can give us direction with that. He always, he guides us into all truth, right? All truth, and that means the practicing of truth as well. And so there was a delayed delivery it was delayed till he could be face-to-face -face when I can see you and be able to communicate what's on my heart. And he ends with this in a very attentive farewell. Notice here in verse number 14, he says, peace be to thee. Peace be to thee. Now, we might think that is kind of a high spiritual statement, but the fact is, what a great way to end a letter. What a great way to end even talking with somebody. Peace be to thee. I, I hope that God's peace will fill your heart. Are we not living in a day where, we're, where we're, we tend to be ruffled and to be able to communicate to one another, hey, I want to remind you that you need God's peace tonight. I want to remind you that you as, and I as believers can walk and experience the peace of God in our hearts no matter what's going on in our week. And so he says, peace be to thee. This was a prayerful desire. This was a, the blessing of peace that he was saying, I want you to exist, Gaius, in the state of peace. I don't want you to be all alarmed about what's going on with the atrophies. God will take care of him. I don't want you to be alarmed about what you do or do not have. God will take care of you as you continue to serve him and, and place him first. I, I am asking God that you would have peace, God's peace in your life. Remember this, that God's peace is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. Jesus told us in John 16, verse 33, these things have I spoken unto you that in me, ye might have peace, and the world ye shall have tribulation, but be good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so Jesus wants us to know, no matter what's going on, no matter what trials come into our lives, he wants us to exist in peace, and that peace is from God. You and I will not have peace if we're not close to God. If we're not walking with him, if we're not enjoying him, I don't know about you, is I've just been continuing to think on Sunday and the message that, that God gave us together about enjoying God. You know what a peaceful thing to just stop and think about God? 
I shared with the prayer call today, and uh, this has been something that's been on my mind. I, I shared with you on, on Sunday night that, that in the world there's 352, they estimate 352 quintillion gallons of water. And what I am trying to do, and I don't have a calculator big enough to figure this out, is how, how that, uh, if you put that all in milk jugs, they're about six inches by six inches, how you, Brother Justin, you're going to have to help me out with this math. How, how many times that would loop around the world? I don't know, just trying to figure that one out. But nonetheless, I mean, God's infinite. But then this, this whole thing, we got snow this week. And uh, you, you think about every snowflake is different. You say, uh, well, why so? I, I learned today and just kind of researching that, that it's, it's because the different path they take through the air. And, and, and the way that the air hits the, that molecule of water, that, that water, uh, it causes it to express and, and crystallize in, in, a, in a different way. I, I was reading up on it from Answers in Genesis. It's a pretty cool thought. But Job 38 and verse number 22 tells us this. That it asks Job, God asked it, uh, the question to Job, have you seen the treasures of the snow? Well, what's treasures? I looked it up. It's the storehouses. You know what God asked Job? Have you been to my storehouses of snowflakes? And, and it, it just, it's just amazing to me that the kind of the picture that's given there to Job is I have infinite amount of, of, of snowflake designs that at any given time I allow to, be sh- um, to show up on earth. And I just think about the infinite uh, creativity of our God. And this is the God that tells me I can, I can rest in him and I can have his peace. If my God is big enough to, to be able to create all of that, can I not exist in peace? Can I not let his peace to wash over my soul? Peace is the result of trusting in his word. He's a big God. He's an infinite God that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind to stay upon thee. Gaius, live in peace. God's peace. Live in a state of peace. Don't just look at, for peace in, in different moments of time. I want you to exist in peace, Gaius. A peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit as he is allowed to be uh, a dominant in our lives as we submit to him. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Gaius, walk in the Spirit. Know the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I wonder if you're like John tonight, desiring the peace of God to be experienced by your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Wouldn't it be wonderful if not just a goodbye, but you know, where, we, where we felt the liberty to say to one another, God's peace be with you. I trust that God will give you his peace in your heart. What a sweet statement. What a loving statement. But I want you to notice this, verse number 14, once again, our friends salute thee, greet the friends by name. Our friends salute thee. Hey, all the folks back here, perhaps Ephesus, they send their greetings to you. I remember the pastor uh, that I grew up under, uh, he always used to come back from different trips. He traveled a lot and spoke in a lot of different churches. He'd always come back, and he would say, the, the, the Berean Baptist Church sends you greetings. And he would bring greetings from all those churches, just something that he, that he did. And I got to travel with him sometimes, and he would say, hey, uh, uh, our church sends you greetings. And uh, what, a, what a special thing. But notice what John says. He says, greet the friends by name. Gaius, the friends I have in your church family, I want you to greet them by name. I want you to look out and say, John sends you, Grant, greetings. And uh, John sends you, Huey, greetings. And 
Joanne, God, and John sends you greetings. That's, that's the idea. He wanted them specifically to name, name out these individuals. And I just, again, see the, the tenderness of John. Now, remember, John was called the, the, the son of thunder, was he not? But he was, became the disciple of love. And in these two letters that we've been able to go through, we see how this apostle John was so very loving First with the, the church as a whole, but now to Gaius, who had some rough patches that he needed to deal with through in the church, not really in his own life as much as uh, on those around him, and he needed to stay true to the truth. But he was so loving, so gentle, so kind. Greet these individuals by name. And we can learn from his example. He cared about people. He cared about people. And Third John shows us this, that God cares about individuals just like you, in churches just like ours. And he cares about whether or not we live out our lives according to the truth. He cares about whether we demonstrate hospitality according to the truth. He cares about those that, that would upset the, the, the way of truth, like a diatrophies. He cares, he notices all those things, and he wants us, despite those problems that might arise, he wants us to continue in the truth even when there's those that would resist it. We certainly live in a day where the truth is resisted. But God cares about us. He cares that we would continue in the truth. And I find myself praying, Lord, help me to be like a Gaius. I want to be like a Gaius uh, who could receive some encouragement from, from the apostle, receive some encouragement from the word of God to continue walking in the truth and continue doing what is, what is right and continue to be dependable as one who would open up his heart and his home to people. I want to be like that type of individual. And uh, well, let's ask God to help us with that even tonight. Let's bow for prayer. And just as you do, I want to ask you a couple questions. Maybe to consider. Can you think of some ways, and I hope that you might think about this as you go throughout the rest of this week, but can you think of some ways that Diotrephes and Demetrius were different? from this, these passages of Scripture, perhaps you need to read back over it. But in what ways are you like a Demetrius? In what ways are you like a Demetrius? And then I encourage you, would, would you pray, would you pray that God would allow you to regularly encourage other believers like John did Gaius and like Gaius did to those that were within his church? Father, would you help us to be like a Gaius? Thank you for the example of John in this letter. Thank you for the testimony of an open heart, an open home, and loving in the truth. And Lord, I pray that you would protect us from entering into or keeping company with error in any way, but that you'd always help us to have a loving heart, a tender heart towards people like John did and like Gaius did. So help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information about Grace Baptist Church, please visit our website at gracebaptistofkettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.